0: Hello. Welcome back to Pokemon Unicorn Brotherhood. This is episode three, Frow. Brought to you by Sapporo Premium Beer, the beer that I happen to be drinking right now. Hey, Mr. Ryder! As Merida stepped forward and began to arch her body, she felt as though her paw could fly through the floor. When she looked down, all she could see was white. When she looked back up and put her paw forward, she could sense a floor, even though she couldn't see it. Marito then suddenly knew the truth about the world. Yes, Marito the Chikorita? I was sitting at my desk with my rolly chair facing the opposite direction. I couldn't bear to look at her face. I think you should stop writing about yourself. She stepped close to the desk, but I knew if I turned around I probably wouldn't be able to see her, since she was so short so I decided to keep my position. Don't think you can just tell my ass what to do. Either way, you're not gonna like what happens next. I tried to put up a front like I was a big man, but I knew there was nothing I could say or do because I already knew her fate. Marita looked downwards. Maybe if she stared into the white abyss below and the white abyss above, she could muster up some courage to face the being who would be the master of her destiny. It's lazy and narcissistic to just write yourself as the protagonist. Marita began to feel some more confidence. Pokemon aren't just passive creatures who just listen to human lectures. We're more than just vessels for human aggression. Hey, that's... Fuck you. You're right. Let's just have you be the protagonist. Now, that's more like it. Also, what the hell is wrong with my voice? I don't know that many voices. I can try and squeak out more, but there's only one person here. Pathetic. Halfway through the word, she wanted to tone it down. This was, after all, Mr. Ryder. And what about this name? Pokemon Unicorn Brotherhood? That's a dumb name. How about, if we're going to make me the protagonist, we name it The Journey of Marita and Her Best Friends? No. That was a really dumb idea, Marita. What are you thinking? Whatever. Let's get on with the story. Marita raised her paw, somehow managed to snap something, and the realm went pitch black, and out of nowhere a stage light opened onto Marita, who had on a top hat, a cane, and a cape. Hi everyone, I'm Marita, the Chikorita. Y'all only know me as the first Pokemon that Jeff got from Professor Elm. The camera cut to camera 3, the one that was on her right, revealing that the cane is literally just resting on her shoulder. She can't hold a cane, so that's all she can do. But you know, we Pokemon have family and backstories too. I think it's pretty lazy to just write us off as if we don't have our own stories and assuming we're children or something. Now I come from... Um... Mr. Ryder? The spotlight went off and the darkness returned. So I snapped my fingers and we could see color even amidst the darkness. Yeah. I knew what was going to come, but I let her say it anyways. Backstory, what is mine? I told you. That you wouldn't like what would happen if you kept on trying to become master of your own destiny. That is so unfair. I thought my character was supposed to be one who brings light to everyone's lives. I want to be a ball of sunshine that knows how to bring up everyone's moves when things are going bad. I love my friends, and I love Jess, and I'm going to love all the other Pokemon we're going to meet on our journey. Hell, you're writing the story now, so how am I supposed to be myself when you write me? I think you're just being lazy. Give me a backstory. I wasn't too sure what to say, so I only spoke the truth. You have one. But you'll find it out as the story goes on. What? Aren't I supposed to know who I am? Marita felt an indescribable sense of loss, and then she paused at a passing mirror. She looked... Her heart stopped at the horrible realization that the person looking back was someone else. No, that is not me. Who is that looking back? This is a mirror. Is something broken? Mr. Ryder, what's happening? That's Lyra, the girl Jeff loves. My heart shattered at the thought of what happened to her. Why is Lyra staring back at me? Is this mirror broken? That's the mirror of truth and spoilers. How did you find it? Where are we? I thought we were on our way to Mr. Pokemon's house. This should be Route 30. Where's Jeff? Marita looked around the room. There were no walls. But to her, she thought, it had to be a room. Wasn't it? You are in my domain. I am what you've been calling Mr. Rider. Others... Maybe even you may be thinking that I am God, perhaps I am Truth, or perhaps I am One, the One that is All. Here, everything is possible. Rules are written, broken, rewritten, rewritten to be broken. Perhaps I am actually a Miss Writer, or maybe a Mrs. Writer, or I'm just a Writer. Am I in my body?" I paused. What sort of question was that, Merida? But I didn't say it out loud. Yes, no, maybe. What do you want it to be? So I summoned the television screen. On the screen was Jeff, Marita, Professor Oak, and Mr. Pokemon. Is this also part of the story, Mr. Ryder? There is no outside. I rolled around and let her see my face. I could already tell that she couldn't recognize me, especially with the beard. In our conversation, I made her forget that she knew who I was. To her, I was just Mr. Ryder. Can I return there? Yes, but there is a toll. You have seen the mirror of truth, and the law of the world means that there is a price to be paid. But I don't have any money. I'm a Pokemon. You silly billy. I smiled, having stolen one of her lines. Money doesn't mean anything outside the realm of human society. And it wouldn't mean anything to me. I, who can just write the rules of the world. Then what are you going to take? I don't have anything valuable. That is, unless... Unless you're a pervert. She and I blushed. Marita looked down, and I tried to keep from laughing. I am a pervert, but I'm not a pervert for Pokemon. Okay. You'll see soon enough. Now go. With a snap of my fingers, the ground turned to a grassy field. A gate opened. The doors opened by themselves. Marita was quivering. And before you go, I hunched over in my desk. Know that through all of this, I love you, Marita. She had already leapt through the gate, happily, to where Jeff was. I shed a tear, seeing Jeff and Marita together. I suppose my love doesn't mean anything. Even though the future is yet to be completely written, you won't like what's coming. Both of you. I looked back upon New Bark Town. There was another boy about to set off on his journey, except he would begin it as fugitive. The boy's name was Casval. Casval, 18 years old, with his crimson-red hair, hazelnut eyes, and white skin had come down from space. He looked down to the ground. Gravity felt strange. So this is what Earth is. What real Earth, real wind and real water feel like," he thought to himself. He stripped down and waded into the river. After swimming alongside the polywags and Magikarp, he floated and raised his arm, grasping for the colonies flying around the earth. This was the earth that his father, Giovanni, had known most of his life. Casval had lived his life in space with his mother, He was a bastard child who had come to Earth after graduating from the Space Fleet Engineering Academy, looking for his father. As much as he enjoyed the feel of his primordial mother, the Earth, he felt a cold anger. People who had lived their whole lives on Earth were now never allowed to step foot here again thanks to the Federation's forced relocation programs. Earth's tired, poor, and hungry were sent off to space like it was nothing. After his swim, he dried off, got dressed, and began thinking about all that he had heard about his father. Giovanni disbanded Team Rocket after being defeated again and again by a young boy called Red from Pallet Town. Giovanni, the key Pokémon man, the missing father to several other children on several other space colonies, had disappeared stating that he wanted to start his Pokemon journey over. And when he did, the child support checks disappeared, adding to Casval's and his mother's hardships. Casval was going to make his father pay, so he decided to get a Pokemon, become a powerful Pokemon trainer, and be noticed by his father. Perhaps then his father would come looking for him. He watched New Barktown for two days, This was the place where Pokemon Legends were supposed to begin in this region. He saw our heroes, Jeff and Marita the Chikorita, leave for Mr. Pokemon's house. He figured out Elm's schedule, and as Elm and his assistants left for lunch, he walked through the front door of the lab with a Glock tucked into his pants and underneath his jacket. He looked around the bookshelves and desks, and he grabbed the first Pokeball he saw, and what he thought was a jewelry box. He found out later that this jewelry box was filled with a collection of fossilized polka He walked over to the window by Professor Elm's computer, unlatched it, opened it, and discreetly walked into the forest, knowing that researchers would be gone for another two hours. After Kasval had left, Frau, the totodile, woke up and left her pokeball. She wandered around the lab, looking for Guillermo. The Cyndaquil. They were going to have an afternoon playdate and play Super Smash Brothers like they always did. Guillermo, wake up! It's time for some smash. Frau cried out. Only Guillermo didn't answer. Frau didn't know why, but she was afraid to cry out again. She walked over to where Guillermo was supposed to be, but neither he nor his Pokeball was there. Neither Merida nor Guillermo was there. For the first time, Frau was completely alone. To stave off fear, she began to look for Guillermo. She tore through Elm's desk, looking through the bookshelf, and then pushed the bookshelf over to see if maybe, just maybe, his Pokeball had fallen behind it. She knocked over a table. Her frenzied search wrecked the lab, and after an hour, she sat down and cried. Frau's tears made a puddle, and that puddle turned into a pool. The pool then turned into a swamp, destroying books and papers that the researchers were working on. Frau didn't want to be alone. But now, she had more reasons to hate Professor Elm and the researchers. They had given away Marita and Guillermo. Before, she just hated them, because they'd run all their weird tests and experiments on them, and kept them locked up. She didn't do anything because she didn't want them to harm her friends. With Marita and Guillermo gone, they were going to pay. The clock rang and lunchtime was over. She knew the researchers would be back, and so she waited by the front door. The door squeaked, letting in light from the outside, and in a flash, she leapt up and bit the first person she saw in the neck. It happened to be the new intern a second-year biology student, on her summer internship. Frau didn't care. The blood of revenge tasted great. When she finally let go, she looked to the other researchers, who were too dumb to run away. The intern was on the ground, squirming and wheezing. As Frau left for another neck, a shot was fired. It was Elms. Frau was hit midair. Her small body was knocked over, and she couldn't feel anything. She closed her eyes, and thought of Merida and Guillermo, and shed had one last tear before her eternal slumber. Frau opened her eyes, this time she was in my realm. It was still grassy from when I had summoned the door for Marita. Welcome child, you will see your friends soon, and make some new friends soon enough. Although it may be a few days, you can wait. Read some books. There are some comic books over there too. Or you could watch TV. Don't be shy. This is the least I can do for you. But know that this won't last forever.